I'm Riggs Eckleberry, co-founder, chairman, CEO of Origin Clear. The government needs to continue to provide a lot of abundant clean water. But what happens to it after it's used, when it's dirty? Do you know that 80% of all sewage is never treated, it's just dumped? That leads to water scarcity, but it also leads to a lot of disease and pollution, the ocean turning into something horrible. At the same time, the cities and counties are not getting the funding they need to really treat the water, and so they can't keep up. The solution is let the people who use the water clean the water. Water on demand is investment in actual capital assets that earn income. Sign up to hear my weekly briefing every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just put oc.gold slash CEO in your browser, register for the briefing, and I look forward to hearing more from you. Welcome, everyone, to another fantastic briefing. So much to cover and <laughs> so little time, so I'm going to make it very efficient. We are, we are chock-a-block chock full of news. Really happy how things are going, and I hope you are all well. And Robert Baxter says, good evening, gentlemen, and good evening, sir. Wow, 173 weekly briefings. Can you believe it? It's become, really, it's become part of what defines us. And we have a channel uh, to you every single week. And it's, it's actually a privilege. I really appreciate it. Um, 11th of August, briefing number 173, a new beneficial income asset, water, and that is becoming more and more reality. And uh, James Wright says, hello, hope all is well. Glad to see the stock price goes up. And Marcus Walker says, I'm at work. I hope you don't hear it. Uh, no, we, we, we don't hear you in the webinar mode. You're automatically muted. Thank you for your consideration. So we're going to go right ahead here. And um, we got some press in Forbes. <clears throat> this is very useful stuff. These little snippets that get put into the press, we are constantly asked. These days, we have excellent uh, press representation with uh, the Pontes Group in Miami. And they're constantly, um, you know, in, inserting that. And we're becoming more and more um, influencers in the sense that people are looking for us to fill in their columns, right? And so, for example, here, sure enough, the same utility comment that, that got into New York Post last week, uh, made it into Forbes this week as a, an inflation-related <clears throat> thing and gets the idea out there that we are in an ideal lab for water innovation projects. Literally the only one in the water industry. Can you believe it? It's crazy. All right. So um, with that, I'm going to continue here. Oh, well, a investor, Robert Badcock, sent me um, a clipping from a Connecticut newspaper. And uh, so it's all about spending for clean water, helps the state of Connecticut, et cetera, et cetera. And Here's the part that is just so obvious to me, but not to a lot of people, including Congress. Infrastructure work aimed at roads and bridges is important, just as improvements in our trains and stations and airports must remain a priority. Broadband is infrastructure. But what about the water? That does not get as much attention. And that's really sad since our health literally depends upon it. Now, I'm all for broadband, but you won't lose your good health if you don't have broadband. But I'm sorry, water, it will affect you. That's just an important note. And um, sure enough, I picked up just today a piece in GB News that they, they have a problem in the UK with this too, the very same infrastructure funding problem. So I had to take a look here. Leilani Dowding, 
joins me from Europe. Once she heard we were all following Thames Water's advice and showering with slightly moistened cloths, she wanted to put some clear blue water between herself and the malodorous GB News presenter. So she's on the continent. Great to see you, Leilani. Uh, what do you make of the water crisis afflicting the UK? Well, it's great to be here. Um, I'm in Spain. I'm missing that extreme English weather for some hotter, extremer Spanish weather. Um, it's insane, uh. isn't it? So what, what's going on um, and the reports? Now, you know, they're, they're, they want to impose this hose pipe ban, but like you said, there's been no reservoirs built since 1991. 10 million uh, population increase. Also, 3 billion litres of water leak per day. So we're losing that. And all these um, utility mm. companies have been selling off reservoirs for develop to developers to build houses on and, and what have you. So, you know, what do they expect when we don't have the infrastructure? And it's, again, it's these public companies putting shareholders and their CEOs and everyone at first except for the consumer. So here we are, a host pipe ban. And it, it's just more to, you know, worry people and, and get them, like, you know, scared about climate change and extreme heat and, and, you know, mm. 30 degree weather, which in, when, when I was younger just used to be called summer. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the point. Amazingly, when you're in Spain, where you are, Leilani, or when you're in Greece or when you're in other parts of the Mediterranean, uh, you have higher temperatures and the British people so love those higher temperatures that they get on terrible airlines and fly to those places so they can enjoy those temperatures. But uniquely, whenever they those temperatures start inching upwards in the British Isles, themselves, then apparently it's a disaster, it's going to kill you, uh, it's a public uh, health emergency. They do always find a way, as you said, to blame, they're going to blame it now on climate change, global warming, and in fact it's just gross uh, mismanagement of an essential requirement for daily existence. And it's typical Britain, isn't it? It's when it's when it's hot, the trains can't run. I've got a weather warning on my weather app on my phone about mm. extreme weather. I'm in Spain. The pool is full of water. There's um, there's yeah. uh, irrigation systems all around, you know, to the plants and the trees mm. and everything. Else. They're not worried about some water. Mm. And, and you know, when it's cold, mm. if, if it was raining, it would be climate change as well. You know, when it when it's cold, the trains can't run, or there's mm. leaves on the tree, or there's leaves on the tracks in autumn. There's always a problem in Britain when anything um, just goes slightly away from what's what's yeah. considered normal. You know, so you know it's no surprise, and it's just more fear mongering. And you know, I've gone on about this climate change net zero quite a lot, and I don't want anyone to think um, you know, I don't care about the environment. I'm hugely passionate about the environment and trees mm. and nature. When you hear things like um, 14 million trees in Scotland, which absorb the carbon dioxide, are being mm. cut down for wind turbines, you've got to think, how green is this green you know, agenda that they have? And to be quite honest, I think this whole net zero um, agenda that they have actually goes against nature. So that is, uh, of course, our wonderful people over on the other side of the pond. And what um, Leilani is pointing out is that a lot of neglect and failure to properly fund these things and also reservoirs being sold off 
or profit, shareholder profit, is being hidden as, oh, that's uh, it's climate change. No, they're literally causing droughts because of neglect of infrastructure. So, and I'd want to make it clear that I'm not, I don't think climate change is, isn't a vital thing. It's super vital. But let's not hide ordinary stupidity or greed and call it climate change because that's wrong. It's just simply wrong. So um, infrastructure is being neglected. We're not doing our jobs in UK, in America, in India, all kinds of places. And that matters. In the end, it matters. Today, we were covered. Water as an investable asset, we were covered on the proactive network. Origin Clear recognizes water's value as an investable asset through its clean water innovation hub. And this is a brief clip. And here we go with the interview. Hello, and thanks for watching Proactive New York. I'm joined by Riggs Eckleberry. He's the CEO of Origin Clear. Riggs, very good to meet you. Stephen, it's a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, Riggs, for those viewers not familiar with the company, tell us more about Origin Clear. Well, Origin Clear has been a public company for 14 years, and um, we started out early enough in, in a different space, which was algae for biofuels which was basically torpedoed by the uh, oil price crash of the 2014 era. And so we pivoted into water. Uh, and really what we've uh, become is an innovator that launches successive um, properties into the water space, which is huge, as you know, but very hard to disrupt. So what, what sets you apart from any competitors in the, in the water space rigs? Well, we're wonderful. <laughs> but seriously, um, here's what, what we've done is we've figured out two major things. Number one is the world of water is decentralizing. What was once a government monopoly is becoming less and less so. So, for example, we used to just rely on those big central plants somewhere <laughs> You know, if if you're your New York background there over on the west side on the Hudson River, there's a big cement concrete plant that nobody wants to look at, and that's sewage. Well, that's all very well, but it's it's not being well maintained in America. And more and more businesses are having to do their own water treatment. We call it water decentralization. And it's a major trend that not many people realize is happening, but businesses are feeling it. So the problem is, of course, they don't have funding. So the second major thing that we're focusing on is helping those businesses afford these water treatment plants by setting up water as a service, which we call water on demand. Do you license this to the companies, Riggs? Well, we actually, uh, they just signed a service contract. It's a use contract, uh, just like Microsoft Office. And they just uh, start paying uh, by the usage. And um, we, we supply a machine that remains our property. And, uh, you know, it's fully maintained. And we simply um, provide gallons of water cleaned to whatever uh, level of um, purity they need. And we price it accordingly. And it's, it's very popular because, you know, if you're a brewery and all of a sudden you're, you, the, the municipality is saying, well, we won't take your dirty water anymore. And you know that breweries generate about 170 liters of dirty water for every liter of beer created. Um, then what do you do? Well, you're not in the water business, you're in the brewery business. And so you just want to get rid of the problem. And we come along, we say, yep, just sign here. And problem's taken care of. Uh, 
And we have a great technology called modular water systems, which is patented prefabricated um, machines that go in, plug them in, problem goes away. And we've made it a very simple solution for these um, suddenly uh, independent water treating companies. So you then uh, receive annual recurring revenue from the companies who are taking this technology then, Riggs? Yes. Now, to be clear, this is just beginning. So our history has been to do the classic design and build. So, um, and we've actually been doing very well with that. We, um, we uh, announced earlier this year that our, um, our revenues had increased 50% over a year before. We anticipate further increases. And that's just ordinary, you know, selling the widgets. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great business. But the problem is, uh, number one, it, it takes forever. This is the biggest reason why we really felt we had to help people with finances. These, these deals just go on and on. Um, and we feel we can accelerate the adoption of great water treatment and recycling. Because remember, America only recycles 1% of its water. So if we can do more of that and um, make the problem go away for businesses. And also, you know, of course, scale up our business. And that, um, so existing business um, doing, you know, it's been doing a steady million dollars a quarter for the longest time. Now it's dramatically gone up and we expect um, this quarterly filing coming up to be very good news indeed. Um, and so that business is going fine. Uh, and now we're kicking it up a notch by implementing this uh, pre-financed systems that we've been raising money for, and we're now negotiating the, uh, our first commercial pilot for this fully self-funded, pre-funded system. To what extent has new legislation, and particularly in large cities, helping helping your projects? I mean, I, I read something in July where um, new big, large buildings in U.S. cities are mandated to have water treatment facilities, is that going to spur on growth for you? Well, that's a very good sign. We we uh, acknowledge that development because um, we've been doing it for a long, long time. So we have been, um, you know, helping people be self-sufficient for water treatment and recycling for years now. And we do it quite routinely. What we've noticed is that there's been a major um, uptrend in the number of uh, opportunities to, you know, like housing developments that want to be off the grid and you get much cheaper land if you don't have to have sewage, right? So things like that are big opportunities. The real trend, Stephen, that we see is a, a, a super trend of migration from the big cities toward the secondary cities and states. Um, so uh, people, uh, businesses and people moving, even if only from New York to New Jersey, but you know, it, it's uh, it's in search of maybe more self-sufficiency, more safety. Uh, people don't feel quite as well. Um, the cities have lost their sheen, you might say, because a lot of uh, strange things are happening that are out, outside of people's control. So um, we have gotten a lot of deal flow from communities that want to be self-sufficient. And so that's an existing business that is growing and we plan to further accelerate it, as I said, with this water on demand. Riggs, are you also going, going through acquisitions, so buying other water treatment companies? Actually, we've, we've changed course on that. We had an acquisition plan. We've done two things. Number one, water on demand 
is set up to be a pure fintech. So when we uh, get a client in Atlanta, Georgia, and we sign a contract, we'll get a local Atlanta, Georgia water company to do the building and maintaining so that it becomes scalable. If we have to build and maintain every system we finance, then it'll take you know 20 years. It's the conventional water thing, which is very slow. So number one, we're literally creating a moat of a network of, of water companies that rely on us and also send us deal flow. And we're playing the pure financial game. Secondly, we repositioned Origin Clear as the clean water innovation hub. In other words, as an incubator to take interesting properties, develop them, and then roll them out through the crowdfunding uh, sector as public companies in their own right. We're doing that with Water On Demand. We've already spun that off. And we're planning to do that with our other four very, very uh, strong properties that are already in revenue or, or potentially very much in revenue. And um, we want to do a lot of that. We think that it's not one company that's going to change the water industry. It's going to be dozens. And we want to be that uh, continuous uh, launch innovator. Riggs, you, you mentioned water on demand and the financing. Uh, and I read back in June that you launched a $300 million offering through crowdfunding. Is this a popular way to, to raise funds for projects like this? Well, quite so. Um, you know, the, I think there's been a revolution that's happened since the uh, crowdfunding uh, since the Jobs Act was set up, um, there's two sides of it, as you know. One is accredited investors, and uh, this is what this $300 million is. It's uh, what's called Regulation D506C, uh, um, which enables open solicitation. Um, and that's we know how to do that very well. We do it all the time. Um, now, the bulk of that $300 million, to be clear, is going to be for capital assets, right? So um, it's, it's, you know, people go, oh my God, $300 million. How, how is a uh, 20 or $30 million company going to do that? Well, because it's assets, it will actually dramatically uh, help the book valuation of the company. But um, separately, we want to do uh, Regulation A crowdfunding, which is unaccredited investors. And we've seen tremendous successes where companies have literally raised more than $100 million and got it on the NASDAQ strictly through unaccredited investor funding. And that's going to be, I think, the secret weapon. People who do this Regulation A are going to do very, very well. And it's rapid and you create instant public companies. Uh, Riggs, what sort of news flows should investors be looking out for? Any milestones coming up for Origin Clear? Well, we, we have continuous good news coming from our operational divisions, be they uh, large um, new contracts, et cetera. We anticipate to give more news about water on demand, which we think is revolutionary. And of course, um, you know, we believe our fundamentals are increasing continuously. So the quarterly filing coming up on the 15th is very important for us. Um, then there's going to be a long drought until the annual report comes out in, uh, in, in, in the spring. But um, we believe that we're on a roll now with both our conventional and our innovative business. Um, you're just going to see a lot of, like, for example, we are uh, very happy with our new ultra pure water systems for hotels. And we have a prospective announcement coming with a major, um, uh, very well known hotel chain that is adopting this throughout their hotel. So it's going to be some very interesting um, and creative uh, news coming out of Origin Clear. Well, I hope you'll keep us posted on that news as it occurs. Thank you very much for the introduction today.
Steven, it's such a pleasure. And uh, let's keep in touch. I'd love to keep talking whenever there's uh, an opportunity. Briggs Eckleberry is the CEO of Origin Clear. Those of you who are actually were listening, <laughs> I omitted the third quarter filing, which occurs, of course, uh, 45 days after the beginning of Q4. In other words, November 15th. So then from November 15th, there is a big lag until uh, April 15th, which is the annual filing. So that's, you know, that that lag where we don't get to um, really announce Q4 until we do the entire year. But that was a slight uh, omission, which I'm fully aware that I did it. Okay. So with that, with that, I'm going to keep on rocking here. The great Jeremy Slate. To give you an idea, let me go ahead and play Jeremy's interview, which is the third annual. And then I'm going to give you a sneak peek at some of the bookings. But this is this is a very productive program. It gets us on a lot of eyeballs throughout the year. So let's take a look here. Hey, what is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for the guests we have with us today. I've had the pleasure of, of actually having them on the show. This would be the third time. And I'm I'm very interested, especially given the economy, um, to, to look a little bit more at the world of water filtration and the asset class around it. So Riggs Eckleberry of Origin Clear, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Jeremy, it's such a great pleasure. And it's always stimulating to be uh, in your conversations. You know, so here's what I find interesting. Um, you and I were texting, I think about a week ago, and I had seen, I can't, was it, I think it was Fidelity Investments or Bloomberg or one of those talked about like kind of why everybody should be investing in water. And I sent you a text. I'm like, dude, they're finally catching on to what you've been talking about for years. Um, I guess just kind of looking at the current economy, why are we seeing more investment and why should we see more investment in things like water and utilities and, and things like that? Well, first of all, of course, you know, in general, we have a move from a currency-based finance system to a commodity-based finance system. That's obvious from all the events going on. But at the same time, so many commodities are highly politicized. They're subject to a lot of, um, you know, wrenching disruptions. Look at what's oil and gas is up and down. Real estate, you know, who knows which way it's going up, down, sideways. Um, you know, gold and silver haven't even behaved particularly predictably. So, so um, you know, existing commodities are also in the tornado. And, you know, where's an investor going to go? Now, water uh, is stable. Uh, there's always going to be more dirty water. Uh, it's kind of like uh, we're, we're going to make things worse. And what is a major factor, as you've noticed, is that there's a lot of water scarcity these mm -hmm. days, right? The thing that's interesting about it is it's like that, that thing that everybody needs the most of, but not only just getting it is, is difficult, but getting it clean is very difficult, right? Like, because you can't drink ocean water for the most part because of the salt content and things like that. Um, and I think I had seen um, a video you had sent me, was it like 80% of our sewage isn't even being treated? So like, we're just losing this thing we really need. Right. Now, to be clear, the 80% is worldwide. Uh, the U.S. treats most of its right. water, but then we throw it away, right? So we treat it like in L.A. It goes from Glendale down to uh, the Hyperion Station in El Segundo and then goes in the ocean. Uh, so our recycling rate in this country is around 1%. Give you an idea, Israel is at almost 90%. Wow. Now that is a full turn of the same water being reused that we're just blowing off. And meanwhile, we're going, oh my God, we're out of water at the mm -hmm. same time, which is so odd, right? <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you this, because I want to kind of, for people that may not have experienced this before, um, uh, Origin Clear um, 
has a, a, a product line called uh, Water on Demand, uh, which is kind of mm-hmm. what we've been alluding to here. Um, what's different about, about this product? Because I think when we're used to water, right, we're used to, okay, the water comes into our house, we pay a utility bill, whether it's a business or whether it's, um, you know, the place we live, pay the utility bill, the public utility handles it. Um, but in actuality, the public utility isn't able to actually even filter all the water, and that's where Origin Clear comes in. Times are changing, uh, and this has been going on for a while. The If you go way back all the way to 1961, we've been spending more and more on operations and maintenance, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, like, fix your old Toyota versus, you know, properly replacing it. And so uh, it's been worse and worse for decades. The federal government is basically out of the water funding business. And we have 150,000-plus water systems in this country, and they are gasping for air. Now, here's an interesting factor that you probably know about, which is huge migration trend from primary cities like New York, Chicago, L.A. to secondary cities where people feel they'll get a more predictable, perhaps safer lifestyle, less uh, government intrusion, whatever. It's it's killed um, commercial real estate for that reason, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) – you know what? That's, that's a whole other argument, gonna... but yes, it's 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 a it's a big migration to places like Florida, Texas, um, other you know states that are more rural in a lot of ways, and even you know uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. I mean, you know, not far from New York, uh, you have some wonderful uh, places that people can go. So, as you well know, yeah. now um, what that means is, however, all these rural uh, water systems are now being stressed, right? And in addition. For example, here in Florida, where I'm located, there's a tremendous amount of of a land rush going on where uh, Pinellas County, where I'm located, is already the most populated county in Florida. And yet they're piling more in. What does that mean? Developers are looking for water uh, for land that's off the water grid that they don't have to put in sewage. Right. And so all these things mean that there's uh, less and less central service and more and more decentralization of water treatment and management, right? Now, when you're treating your own water, let's let's just take a concrete example. Mm-hmm. I'm a brewery. I start, anyway, it takes about 180 liters of beer to make one liter of beer. It's very, very water intensive. Mm-hmm. So I've got all this effluent and the city starts saying, no, nah, not going to take it, can't take it, et cetera. What do I do? I didn't think I was in the water industry. I thought I was just getting the city to do it for me. And all of a sudden I'm stuck with a problem. Now, the smart breweries, well, they do it, right? Uh, they have to deal with it. But um, it's happening so increasingly. Now, here's the good part. Once I trust start treating my own water, I can reuse that water, mm-hmm. right? And so I get more than one turn out of it, whereas the city doesn't. Um, you know, both the energy and the water grid in this country are one directional, right? They go from the source to the, to the, to the uh, use point and out. And it's just by the nature of the number of people they have to service, right? Like it would be. Because- oh, it's a design issue. Yeah. It's a design issue. In other words, old school uh, utility design is we push it out to you and that's it. Right. Like um, you look, at, you look at kind systems. of the, the, the whole electric world, right? Like, you know, the reason um, Edison was successful versus Tesla because, you know, maybe Tesla's energy was a little bit better, but Edison's you could charge easier for it. So, so you know, it worked better. <laughs> It always comes down to um, really, you know, raw simplicity. And our energy grid and our water grid have been setting up, set up with a great deal of simplicity. But we need a lot more sophistication now. It's not going to come from the central water system. Why? Where's the billions? We had a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that was passed 
out of that water, the entire United States got 55 billion, which is like, that's less than one year's catch up for the water industry. So the government is just not paying attention to water. And yet it's a major crying problem. The Lake Powell is draining out to nothing. Hoover Dam, you, you've seen all the stories. Yeah. So there, you know, there's just tremendous water scarcity at the same time, a tremendous amount of lack of change. So lack of funding for central systems. Also, where are you going to locate them? There's you know, populations, uh, NIMBYs who are going to say, not in my backyard. All that stuff says we're not going to see giant multi-billion dollar centralized systems being built anymore. What's the solution? Build them at the place where you're, you're using it, and therefore you can reuse it and have control over your fate. Increasingly, people are understanding they need to control their own fate. And, and, and that goes for water, energy, you name it, food. Um, there, there's just a tremendous sense that, uh, rightly or wrongly, that there's a security problem, right? So that extends to what? what now, here's the issue, and this is what we ran into uh, because we've been promoting de decentralized water since 2016. And we've been building a wonderful uh, product line called Modular Water Systems, which are these water systems in a box, deploy them to a location, no expertise needed, all good, right? But we arrived at 2020, and like most people who had COVID, we had a day of reckoning. Like, yeah. oh my God, what's going on here, right? And, uh, and we saw a huge amount of backlogged business, and not a lot of de deals were trickling through. Well, how do we speed it up? And it took us a lot of work to figure out. It's the money, stupid. If we helped uh, finance these and say, oh, Jeremy, you're running um, a, an off-the-grid uh, location like we built one in Pennsylvania, a car dealership that went off-the-grid, uh, sewage grid, and they saved a lot of money by buying cheap land. Well, now you need that system. Well, don't worry. Sign here, and you'll be on the meter just as if you were being served by the city. Mm -hmm. And that's water on demand. So and, and so I want to kind of set this up, too, for kind of the, the current economy we're living in as well. Um, so we, we just had our, our second down quarter of, uh, you know, of economic growth in a row, uh, which apparently in the new world we live in means not a recession. Um, but anyway, um, so we're seeing that the, the economy is changing drastically. I think uh, the inflation was at like what, like 9.1 percent last month. So we're seeing big changes in how people spend money, the, the, the producer index is up, the consumer price index is up. And, you know, when you're looking at it, the place to spend money now is in things that people have to use, right? Like pink things people must use. And that's why I mm -hmm. think like, you know, it's a, the right time to look at water and other investments now. And I guess when people are considering, you know, what they should be looking at, at now, how are we seeing kind of where investors are spending their money now based on how the economy is changing? Right. This is a very good point. Um, classically, water investments have been either in municipal bonds, which have a tax benefit, but they they don't earn a lot, you know, four or five percent. Sure. And they've been very conservative. Or buy stock in Veolia, American Water Works, one of the big utility water stocks, which are a good investment, but again, slow growth, right? There is no way for a regular investor to invest in water projects directly. Mm -hmm. And that's weird. We have that in, in uh, oil and gas, the what's called the Master Limited Partnerships, which were created in the 1981 um, as buckets of energy properties, mm -hmm. pipelines, uh, gas, and oil. And these have done phenomenally. It's a $300 billion um, marketplace with about 60 MLPs, as they call them. And there's no such thing in water. Why? Because it's been governmental, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, now that it's becoming uh, every, everyone has to kind of fend for themselves, it's creating a private market. And we realize we could do the equivalent of uh, oil and gas or solar, but for water. And now that's the birth of a new investable asset that earns money, that's not going to go crashing because, you know, water's water. And that's water on demand again. So, you know, we're so excited that, that we're trailblazing is because we're not the only player doing water as a service, as it's called, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's an obvious thing and there's, there's some great players doing it. But we're the only people who are accepting investments from everyday investors, just like the oil and gas master limited partnerships. So, so let me ask you this, because um, you know I was kind of chatting with you before we got started here. I had to like readjust all my lights, my camera, because the the power went out here. So for an extended period of time, and kind of mess some stuff up. And I'm somewhat off the grid out here, man. Like we don't have cell phone service, and unless my internet's on. So right. one of the things I'm I'm curious about: Do you see this as kind of being like a, a new trend in like decentralized utilities as a whole, like not just water? Do you see us kind of, um, you know, at, moving towards that in the future? Decentralized everything. Uh, I like to tell uh, this story, which is you've noticed that the high-speed train in California that's not been built, <laughs> well, it's never going to be built. El in California, we got the freeways. What are we going to get? The self-driving car. We're not going to get a, high a bullet train. Mm -hmm. Cars will just be made, a made smart. And this is what's going to happen at all levels. We're going to um, more and more self-sufficiency, which is actually good because think about it, just for water. If I take all my dirty water and I pipe it down to a central facility, it actually uh, dramatically increases the uh, <clears throat> greenhouse gas issues and so forth, the nitrogen being emitted and et cetera, as opposed to taking the water that's dirty and treating it right away right where I am. And furthermore, as I was saying, if I'm paying water rates, which, by the way, are inflating far faster than that inflation, right, um, I, I, I sign a service contract. That means my rates are capped. And... I can do this nice little loop-de-loop -loop where I reuse the water essentially at no cost to me. Well, that's a win-win, right? So uh, it's a win-win for the planet, and it's a wonderful thing for uh, sustainability in, ge uh, in general. Um, it, I don't know if you've read um, a thinker called Peter Zeha. I have not. Uh, he, okay. He, he's, written, he's put out a book called The Beginning of the End of the World. Yikes. And what he's saying is... Uh, well, he's saying that it's that we're going through a process of deglobalization, right? Oh, that he's going to make, Tom, he's gonna gonna make Thomas Friedman mad, man. He had the, the Lexus and the Olive Tree was like his big book. Right. That was good as long as you could instantly transport, you know, from China to the U.S., <laughs> right? We've, we've seen what happened. It's incredibly random. Who knows? Um, you know, we, in, in our Dallas operation, we've got parts that are on a 120-plus day wait. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, unfortunately, America lost its manufacturing base. Now, Zehan is actually optimistic about the U.S. Why? Because we have our own energy, our own resources, our own water and everything. So, But everything is going back to um, more of a regional model where it's going to be America, Canada, Mexico, and Europe and Asia. Eh, not so much, right? So, And there's going to be losers. Uh, China is actually in, in, in a tough place. So Peter Zehan, good, good thinker. And so that's where we're moving in planetary wide is making smart systems that are self, that are autonomous, that take care of themselves. And we believe that you know, it's the old story, small is beautiful, right? We're here to help people take care of things right where they are, you know, a high degree of self-sufficiency. Now, we were talking earlier about these communities moving into secondary cities, places like Florida. Um, they 
are looking for self-sufficiency, and there's going to be more and more of that, how do they achieve you know, food, energy, and water self-sufficiency? And so we're actually seeing that as a major trend in our existing conventional business. And again, that's something that water on demand can accelerate. So I believe that water on demand, here, here's what we see. Water on demand is a concept that is bigger than us, for sure, yeah. which is why we've said, you know what? We're going to make it a fintech, meaning we're not going to try and build all those machines. We're going to bring in the investments into our um, these buckets of properties and they're asset protected. Investors have royalties from that. It's all good. But then we're going to delegate the building and maintaining to local water companies mm-hmm. and we'll love it. Right. They'll be like, hey, great. I got the business right. So we're consciously giving that up. Why? Because you can't expand fast enough if you have to build everything. And furthermore, it's a barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. More and more um, uh, people being served by our capital means that other capital can't enter in so easily because, for example, our partner Envirogen, which is a wonderful partner, they're, they're a UK-based company. They're all over Europe and America. Well, they're in a partnership with us to deliver these systems. They're not going to start doing it with somebody else so easily. I mean, that you, 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 you can't, you can't you know, um, do the, the sort of multi-dating thing. It doesn't work well in business. You kind of can build your relationships. Mm-hmm. So we're building a, a, a moat around water on demand, which is all these industry relationships. Now, how do we scale water on demand itself? By creating more water on demand finance units in other financial capitals of the world mm-hmm. through affiliation. Now, are we going to own water on demand Dubai? Well, we'll have an interest, but we'll do it with a partnership, right? So I believe strongly in you know not competing with your natural partners. Yeah, it's like collaboration over competition. It's it's in, in 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 my industry like there's certain businesses we're great to work with, there's certain businesses we're not a fit for. So there's another company in my industry, uh, Interview Valet. Tom's a good friend of mine, he's a Navy veteran, good good guy. We tend to send him the the business that's not a fit for us. It's collaboration over competition. Exactly. And what that does is it builds a web of strength, mm-hmm. right? So the more you do that, uh the the more um you have this power because you've been willing to give up the, the you know, like, oh, you're not going to try and take every penny. No, it's like, um, let's say that you are in uh, the city of London, you're in finance. Well, we'll do a deal with you. And all of a sudden we have a water demand center serving, serving Northern Europe. Done. Right. And so that's that's we see this. This is something, you know, it's uh, there's a great book called Inside the Tornado. And one of the things it says is that when something enters the tornado of adoption, meaning everybody's got to have it. A single company will not be able to service it by definition, right? Because instant uptake. Well, in that case, what it means is you've got to be willing to give up huge amounts of, of um, real estate, shall we say, right? In order to remain on top. And, you know, players like Oracle over the years, uh, Microsoft, they've all shown how, how to do it well by letting other people have pieces of the pie. And I think that this applies to what we're doing. So, we're super excited. Origin Clear has been a 14-year public company. We've been trying to figure things out. And moving beyond water demand, we figured out, hey, wait a minute. We're not so much trying to build some kind of conglomerate, which is the conventional way of thinking. Water companies like to just pile things on. And when you look at a water company, what the hell do they do? Well, they do everything. No, that's not the way. What we're turning into is more of an idea lab where we launch consecutive hot properties. And we have five 
Water demand is just the first. And so now we're turning into the clean water innovation hub, which is also super exciting. Well, this, I, I have like a whole page of notes here, man. Like I have like th- at least three <laughs> books I have to read now. So thanks for that. Um, but you mentioned Peter, Peter yeah. Zahan and, and, and kind of the, the opposite of Thomas Friedman. Thomas Friedman's Lexus and Olive Tree was like the book like I was forced to read in high school. And it was, it was interesting. But like, you know, in kind of globalization right. and the, the, the theory of a, the golden arches and two countries that have McDonald's are not going to fight each other. Whoops, I, I guess now they have. Um, so we're, we're looking at it and I, I think there's a couple different things to look at. You know, we look at the pandemic and what happened and how there was a disruption in um, commerce, right? That was huge. Like we, we couldn't get certain things. We look at right now... Um, if you're trying to get a used car, microchip shortage is a huge problem. Um, you look at last year when uh, uh, this, I think it's the city of Las Vegas buys their power from the state of California. So if they have a disruption there, they have a problem. So I, I think the thing that's interesting is moving to more of like a localized level, like we're talking about here with water on demand for utilities. Um, I think in a lot of ways it makes us more resilient. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, the original theory of the Internet was the it was built for atomic war. DARPA, the Defense uh, Advanced Research Program, basically uh, developed this idea of like, you know, if there if a bomb falls on New York or whatever, that's OK, because there's um, disconnected centers. Well, the Internet turned into, frankly, if a bomb fell on New York, then the more much more than the Internet would yeah. fall apart. But the, the the point is that that. It was built for survivability, and that's very smart. Now, this is why mainframes turned into PCs. It's classic. Why? My PC is, doesn't, isn't working to its maximum at all, right? But it's, it's got the most important mission of all, which is it's available for mm-hmm. me. It serves yes. me. So it's just standing by. Hi, I'm here to help you. Whereas mainframes, I'm old enough to remember, you know, queuing up for, for time slots on a mainframe, mm-hmm. right? And you were serving the mainframe because the mainframe had to run at 100%. Well, that's a totally different game today. And so you flip it around, you go, it's about, you know, who's trying to use the service or product. And that point you start realizing, wait a minute, you know, I have to have instant availability and there's tremendous uh, gains, as you say, in security. Here's another major issue. You know, we're, we've been warned by the WEF that we're going to have cyber attacks in the fall, right? Hold, hold, uh, hold on. Be... You have to, uh, okay, you got it. You got it. There's a cyber pandemic. Thanks, Klaus. I appreciate it. It is very bad. Worse than the COVID. He reminds me of Goldmember anyway. from the Austin Powers movies. But anyway. <laughs> well, that, oh, so true. But, uh, you know, if you go back, Sergeant oh, Schultz. Oh, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from, from uh, was it F Troop? Not, Which show was that? Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, well, it was a couple. Hogan's Heroes. Yes. Oh my God. <clears throat> and I, I don't know if he realizes how much of a cartoon he is, but nonetheless, um, we've been told that cyber attacks coming. That's potentially going to affect yeah. water, right? And there's been attacks on water systems. They've been foiled, but so there's actually been good, uh, good track record there. But you know, you, you don't ever defend perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Israel Israel's Iron Dome does not stop all, well, bo- you all look missiles. At, do you remember the pipeline issue we had um, down the East Coast, um, where right. nobody could get like exactly. gasoline for like a week? Like that's that's a huge problem. Precisely. So you have either pollution of the water or breaking the water supplies, all because of cyber issues. Again, if you have local self sufficiency, then you're by definition more sustainable. You're safer. You know, um, what we're telling people is, look, there's three parts to your water process. One is the incoming water, 
Number two is treating the dirty water. Number three is reusing that water for more turns. Well, the incoming water, generally you take it from the city because it's available. But more and more people are going, well, wait a minute. I need to make sure I can get it so maybe I'll have a a well, perhaps as a backup, right? Because uh, I just need to make sure. So there's that. Um, The middle part, which is the wastewater treatment, which people forget has to happen. I can't tell you how many people say, Riggs, the water, water must be free. I'm like, yeah, but you'd like, it should be clean, right? That costs something. (laughs) Right? So let's, you can have all the water you want, but I assume you want it to be free of toxins. Just saying. I I drank um, some water when I was in Peru a couple years ago and it took me two years to get the the creatures out of my system. So water should be clean. And American water generally is it's not going to kill you right away. Um, in other words, you can drink tap water, um, but over time it's bad. But, you know, putting those, those minor issues aside, the fact is that water treatment is critical. And whereas in the U.S. we treat most of it, places like Bangladesh don't treat yep. any of it, uh, even as close as Mexico, there's terrible practices. Uh, why? Because of lack of enforcement. And so <clears throat> worldwide we have a big water treatment problem. And finally, reuse you know, Israel, as I said, is almost 90% recycling. The next one down is Spain with 20%. So the most of the world is not recycling water. The U.S. is at 1%. So we're talking about a tremendous amount of wastage mm-hmm. going on. And I thought it was our most precious commodity. Yeah. Hello, right? The problem with water is it's too cheap. So, uh, you know, water, uh, you know, I can let my shower run. Who cares, right? Because whatever. Well, that stuff adds up. Now, we don't work in the single-family space. Why? Because that's a mass mm-hmm. market. We work with housing communities, with businesses, um, though, uh, with agriculture. You know, uh, all those users, uh, we, we, you know, for example, showed we could do wonderful things. You've been hearing about those problems with the, uh, the nitrogen and the ammonia and the agriculture in Holland yeah. and so forth. Well, actually, we showed that we could neutralize that with our electrolysis system in in mm. Spain, where they have hog farms. <clears throat> so all kinds of good things can be done um, if you put some value on it. And the value is created by um, recognizing that water rates are skyrocketing, water is getting more and more expensive, and a businessman goes, wait a minute, I'm going to put a cap on those mm. water rate increases by going into a contract, and I'm going to receive the water as a service. And if water on demand does not give me the water quality I need, I don't pay. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, Riggs, this has been an awesome conversation. Um, I, I always enjoy our conversations because you, you tend to see a future that's not there yet and plan for it, which I, which I really like. So for people listening, if they yes. want to connect with you, if they're, they're interested in finding out more information about the company, how's going to be the best way for our listeners to, to go out there and find you? I think uh, this, this Thursday is our 173rd uh, weekly Zoom briefing wow. that I do every week, uh, Thursday nights, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, just uh, put in your browser oc.gold slash CEO or just go to originclear.com and it'll, it'll pop up an invitation. Join me on that uh, briefing. If you don't have the time, we'll send you a replay. But we tell you like it is every single week what's happening in the water industry, what's happening with people's lives, with the company, uh, where things are going. Uh, it's generally fascinating. Um, and we really think that's a great way to get to know the company. If you want to invest, there's a little uh, green button on originclear.com. And um, I can tell you this, this is sort of a, sort of a scoop, that we are planning an unaccredited mm. offering for the fall. 
where, pe- where anybody can invest. Because if there's one thing I hate is that only the 1% can invest in promising new startups, and we're changing. Very cool. Well, Riggs Eckleberry from Origin Clear, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Jeremy, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. That was very enjoyable. He's got a great podcast. So as you could tell, he had a lot of uh, things to talk about. And uh, it's it's always very stimulating. You notice the difference between this sort of somewhat official thing that I did with um, the gentleman with the New York background and then with Jeremy. It's kind of different, right? Kind of fun that way. So we like to uh, mix it up. So with that, I'm going to um, actually give you a sneak peek at the uh, Command Your Brand roster directly online because that kind of thing is fun to, to show. So here was contract number one which started in 2020 and Zero Waste Countdown podcast, Live the Fuel. There was some great, great shows. Sharkpreneur with uh, Kevin Harrington, Seth Green, Think Business, uh, Thrive Loud was excellent. Conscious Millionaire, JV Crumb, great guy, et cetera. And then uh, the second year, which just wrapped up, much more crypto stuff because of course that got interesting, but Millionaire Mindcast, Millionaire Choice, basically Financial Survival, some great shows also. The last one is actually showing on September 2nd. So now what we've done is we've signed contract number three right here. Just started with that first show. This is 24 in six months. So we're accelerating it. And I think it's going to have a tremendous impact. And frankly, these are a bargain. So very pleased to be working with uh, Command Your Brand to get our story out there. All right. Now, uh, we are out of time. Next week, we're going to cover the big problem of forever chemicals. Forget rainwater and other real problems. Our quarterly numbers are coming out next week. We're excited. We can't say more than that because I don't want to condition the market, as they say. Um, Also, we have the Avera box release that's going out in the morning. Sneak peek here where uh, this is actually going out pre-market tomorrow, where we worked with a, a municipality to assist with disinfection for recycling of water, but cleaning of water in general. And uh, the Verabox product is just a great, again, water system in the box that I'll be able to tell you more about. Okay, so I'm now going to tell Mr. Ken Berenger to come on, and we have some comments also. So really fast here, I'm just going to cover. Uh, Marcus Walker has a question. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, Marcus. Marcus, I believe uh, we got a phone call from you earlier. My staff, uh, I think, has returned your call or will return it tomorrow. But if you have a question, please type it into the chat. Meanwhile, just scrolling back here, Paul Fetcher, greetings from the right coast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Meaning uh, Long Beach. Um, and Long then- Be- uh, Long Beach. Long Beach. Long and Beach. And James Wright, I grew up in Bergen, Bergen County, New Jersey. How about that? Candice uh, wants to know how we invest. You've already given the information there. And then um, Paul Fetcher, of course, told us all about Hogan's Heroes, produced by the same guy, I didn't know this, Alan Ruddy, who did The Godfather. And he recommended the movie called The Offer on Paramount. Name of uh, Jeremy's podcast is, of course, Command Your Brand. If you go to Facebook, um, in fact, what I'll do is go ahead and pull up the um, Facebook Command Your Brand. In the meantime, while you're doing that, you know, Jeremy, you and I have joked about this, you know, how people are talking about water now. And I said, I was, you know, I said, we've been jumping up and down. Now, frustrate. It's validating, but it's also a little frustrating because you're like, my God, you know, it took you guys so long. The fact that we were at the, at the cusp of it, at the head of it is, 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 is gratifying though. Totally true. Anyway, you can go to um, command your brand on Facebook, facebook.com slash command your brand. And you can see some of the cool shows that they have. There's one where I showed up on the Fi show. You guys saw that earlier on. 
they do just really great interviews. And uh, Jeremy is a great interviewer. Mark, I want to answer Mark's question. He finally got it in. Mark, um, you can book a call with my staff. So you, how can I purchase stock? How can I invest in the company? There's three ways to do it. Um, if, if you're an unaccredited investor, you can purchase stock in the market. We will have an unaccredited uh, offering available, hopefully very soon. Um, but uh, you can, we're going to hopefully have a reservation page put together for that soon. Uh, if you're an accredited investor, then uh, I can break down the details of our current, you know, our current accredited offering by going to oc.gold forward slash Ken, and you'll get on with my staff and they'll get you on my calendar. Fantastic. Well, we're out of time. I'd, I'd like to try and keep it under an hour and we're literally up to the- Barely, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. But it's been chock full of good stuff. More next week. Um, believe me, you're, it's going to be well worth uh, listening to. Q2 has been just very, very, the company is really firing on all cylinders and it's a pleasure to see. And I've got one more chat, Marcus Walker, again, you ask how to purchase stock. So you know that <laughs> Paul Fetcher, the Long Beach without the symphony orchestra. You guys are the best. Thank you all for being on board tonight. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, do show up next week. I think you're going to have a whole lot of fun and have a good night. Everyone always a pleasure. Stay cool, calm, and collected. And remember, water is what matters in this world. And Don Godinwas says, thank you, where are you? Well, I am in Clearwater, Florida. Ken Berenger is near Pittsburgh. Uh, the company is based in Clearwater, Florida. With that, I'm going to bid you a good night. Good night. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>